Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I'm by myself today because Charlie is gone, and I don't even know when he's coming back, actually. I don't know what day he gets back, but it's sometime next week. He promised he would do a show again before Christmas, so we, uh, we, we wish him well. Well, if this is your first time joining us, I'd recommend going back to last week and seeing what it's like when there's two people here, not just one. But I am hanging out. It's not just me. I'm hanging out with the Fed Haters Club. Those are the people that get to hang out with us live every single day of the week when we want to. And uh, they're starting to get the voting going for Dumb Leap of the Year. So if you want to get your vote in, then you need to go join the Fed Haters Club, join gml.com. We're voting on January right now. I'm getting all of the clips together and putting those out. You notice I put out a a little uh, clip from each one of those onto the podcast feed yesterday. I put up the video on YouTube as well if you want to watch the videos from those. Uh, So it's fun. We'll see who wins. And of course, we do Dumb Bleep of the Week every Friday. And uh, we'll see who wins Dumb Bleep of the Year. Last year, it was Kamala Harris, I believe. And we'll see. Maybe she can do two years in a row. I'm not sure. She hasn't been talking very much lately uh, because I think I think we scared her, actually. I think that's what it was. Well, it's Wednesday, and on Wednesdays, we try to do something called White Pill Wednesday because we got four other days of the week where we can talk about all the terrible things uh, that are going on. But every once in a while, there's a little win, maybe a political win, maybe it's some type. We talk a lot about like advances in technology. I'm very interested in stuff like that. It's cool to see uh, just innovations. And of course, we can point to capitalism, helping out with those things and it's just a better life for human beings. The first couple things are political though, and they're still white pills. And I guess I'll go ahead and get on to the first one. We're not counting these down. They're not specifically numbered, uh, but let's get on to the first one. This is from the Daily Mail. They have the craziest headlines. I don't know how they get away with this, but their headlines are, are a paragraph. And I think they just realized that people only read the headlines. And so they, they have the longest. Head- Here's a headline. Woke capitalism's comeuppance. Investments in trendy ESG assets collapsed by $5 trillion in just two years as Republican backlash and tumbling wind and solar stocks upend the sector. That was all the headline. I can't even do that. Like on, on the platform we use to post stuff on our website, there is a character limit. They don't have one. Okay, so the, the story here is, by the way, global ESG assets fell uh, from $35.3 trillion to $30 trillion between 2020 and 2020. 22. They look at this every couple of years. As we know, ESG, environmental, social governance, they're trying to run the world. They're trying to direct this money uh, towards, I guess you can call it woke, whatever you want to do, people pursuing uh, sustainability, environmental goals, social goals, things like that. You got to have the right people in your corporate governance as well. They have to be the right color and sex and stuff like that. And so they kind of direct this money where they think it should go. And while people putting money into that, apparently that has dropped by quite a bit over the last couple of years. Now, some of this is apparently because they're counting it a little bit differently, uh, but I haven't seen exactly how much. Even Bloomberg didn't put exactly how much of it was. 
uh, or or why it's kind of that way. But let's let's read a little bit from the Daily Mail. See if we have a win here. See if this is a white pill. Global investments in trendy sustainability assets shrink by nearly five trillion over two years. Researchers say, as U.S. and other financiers soured on investments seen as risky and opaque. In its biannual assessment, the Global Sustainable Investment Alliance, or GSIA, said on Wednesday that investors had $30.3 trillion in sustainable assets in 2022, down from $35.3 trillion in 2020. In the U.S., where Republicans have railed against ESG funds, which push for environmental, social, and governance benefits, such as such assets plunged from more than $17 trillion to just $8.4 trillion over that same period. That's a pretty big, pretty big move down. Quote, the market for ESG bonds decreased significantly in the past two years as state leaders from across the country have fought back against the injection of woke politics into the bond market. ESG refers to a set of standards for a firm's behavior that guide investors on where to put their money, for example, by funding wind farms to combat climate change while pulling out of harmful oil and tobacco giants. And uh, it's just not attracting all that money when you uh, enter into an economy where it's very important that you make a good return, especially in a high inflation, high interest rate environment. People are actually starting to say, hey, well, maybe we are going to actually put our money into something that's going to make some money. It's kind of cool, right? Like capitalism, even though uh, even though people are trying to destroy it and direct this money, they still say, well, you know, we need to make some money actually sometimes. So we're just going to have to put our money uh, where that actually needs to go. Questions about future the future of sustainable finance persists in the U.S. as lawmakers from more than a dozen states from Florida to Utah try to fight the incorporation of ESG principles into business and investing. And what you've seen is some states say, now, now one thing I'd, I wouldn't want them to do is try to direct where private money is going to go. People should be able to put their money where they want to put it. But as a state, when you're talking about State pension funds, for example, I guess you could direct where those specific uh, funds are going to go. I was going to say state money, uh, but of course, that's, um, that uh, doesn't exist, right? In the rest of the world, the issue-related assets are still growing, according to GSIA, which reports on the market every two years. Sustainable investments rose more than 20% in Canada, Europe, Japan, Australia, and New Zealand between 2020 and 2022. But the breathless pace of ESG boom that characterized the previous decade appears to be winding down and even reversing as ever more traders and fund managers sour on the asset class. I don't know, guys. I think that that's a pretty good thing. You know, maybe we'll get our capitalism back. Uh, I'm not going to go any more into the Daily Mail article, but I wanted to read from one that honestly could be in Dumb Leap of the Week. I believe I did send it to myself. This is... This is, uh, I believe the the website is AFRU, AFRU or whatever, uh, .com. They have a whole bunch of ridiculous articles on there. And I've added them to my favorites. That way I can pull ridiculous things uh, whenever I have the chance. They are very upset about this. Uh, this is actually terrorism. Newsflash. I know this is white pill. I know this is a white pill day right now, but... I, I think a fun thing to do would be to make fun of these people freaking out about this. The headline is anti-woke economic terrorists have now wiped out $5 trillion in stock value. Anti-ESG hysteria driven by online hate platforms has disproportionately eroded portfolios of color. Port <laughs> portfolios of color. 
and sabotage our planet's future. Call it what it is. Terrorism. Yeah, this does need to be on Dumb Bleep of the Week. Uh, when I say it out loud, it just sounds like a Dumb Bleep of the Week to me. Uh, the anti-wokes are celebrating yet another dubious victory as new data shows that global investments in ethical companies have nosedived by nearly $5 trillion over the past two years. The Global Sustainable Investment Alliance, we talked about them, reported, and we talked about all the number numbers that went down. The repercussions of the anti-ESG downturn have not been felt uniformly. Investors of color bear a disproportionately heavy burden as they are more likely than white folks to invest in companies aligned with ethical and sustainable practices. Investors of color are more likely to invest in ethical uh, companies. These are, after all, the companies that are also willing to affirm that non-white lives matter. While anti-ESG sentiment erodes financial portfolios of color, <laughs> it also undermines our collective efforts to promote positive change through responsible investing. And the broader implications suggest an ever-widening gap in wealth and opportunity as losses to portfolios of color, as POC, as, uh, as I call them, only exacerbate existing disparities. Let's be clear about where to put the blame. Conservative lawmakers, driven by an irrational culture of anti-woke hysteria, have actively taken measures to resist the incorporation of ESG principles in the business and investing. I have an idea, by the way. If you want to attract people's money, why don't you just give them the best return on their money? They do things that are more productive than other companies, or at least as productive as other companies, and then you'll be able to attract people's money. I don't know. That seems... It's a plan, okay? If I ever get invited to a board meeting, which I won't because, well, if you're watching me on YouTube, you can look at me and see that I'm not going to get invited to this board meeting. But that would be what I would suggest. And then it's the uh, the meme of the guy getting kicked out the window of the uh, of the board meeting. This opposition has manifested in legislative efforts across multiple states from Florida to Utah where lawmakers are pushing back against the injection of ethics into the financial sector. You know what I think is ethical? Uh, providing people a product or service that they want to voluntarily pay for. I think that that's a pretty ethical thing to do. Let's keep going. The anti-woke hysteria driving them finds its origins in unmoderated online communities, most notably hate platforms like 4chan and X. 4chan and X, same, same. Bitter young males, often incels, from these dark websites are brutally enforcing a vast online alt-right echo chamber. They're really pinpointing the problem here. It really is uh, young incel white males on 4chan that typically direct where trillions of dollars go around the world into these different, different investment portfolios. I think they're right about that. Uh, the echo chamber effectively drowning out more rational voices. This shapes not only public discourse, but also the policy decisions of conservative lawmakers eager to put harmful online ideas into legal practice. That's what it is. They're voting for people that want to do this. The hate from these groups has picked up steam with the tanking of Anheuser-Busch and is often controlled by extremist statements from alt-right leaders and podcasters. What? 4chan and X erupted in celebration on Wednesday when he almost spread a dangerous advertisement-related conspiracy theory about Jewish, about a Jewish man 
while on the New York Times deal book summit stage. I don't actually know what they're talking about right there. Outside of a few token efforts, the powerful ripple effects of these online ideologies on real world policies is something that has not been grappled with. And far too many are still afraid to call the phenomenon what it is, terrorism. Because it is terrorism. And, uh, and as uncomfortable as the implications may be. And then they say MSNBC agrees. Now what they play here is this video from back when the, uh, the thing with Target was going on with the bathing suits, you know, and the tuck-friendly bathing suits and like LGBTQ, uh, 2SLIA plus uh, clothing for children or whatever. I want to play the video because it's, uh, it's, it's interesting putting these two things together. I'm going to put two videos here back to back and we'll, we'll, we'll see who's right. Here was someone on MSNBC talking about this and we played this back when this happened. When Target caves into this, then it says that the moment you threaten the employees of even a very large corporation, you get to control its policies. This is economic terrorism, literally terrorism, creating fear among the workers and forcing the corporations to sell the things you want, not sell the things you don't. So when... Okay. Uh, interesting point that I didn't realize the first thing I uh, I uh, listened to this was the fear for the employees. Remember that was... Uh, now there, I guess, were some altercations or some heated exchanges, but then there were bomb threats called in or email then which is how I've always sent my bomb threats, uh, was through email. And that was apparently from people on the left. But this is economic terrorism, where you're trying to control what these people do and don't do and what they sell and they don't sell. That's terrorism. Well, okay, I also wanted to listen to uh, Larry Fink, who's the CEO of BlackRock, talking about what their strategy is with ESG. And let's see if they want to control people or not. Behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. What we are doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact, it, your compensation could be impacted, okay? You have to force behaviors. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race, or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. And that's not economic terrorism. Um, people boycotting Target is actually economic terrorism. Uh, that's what a people boycotting Anheuser-Busch. That's economic terrorism. Okay, but not like the, these people with all these billions of dollars or trillions of dollars uh, that are trying to force behaviors in companies. I'm not saying either one of them is terrorism, okay? It's just force. It's not good, okay? All right, there we go. Uh, there's that video. I just played that. All right, they finish up with, uh, where do we go from here? Economic thinkers like Hassan Piker suggest one short-term solution for revitalizing ESG could involve ethical investment requirements for funds. That's not force. It's just a requirement. ETFs and 401k plans, such as a, such a mandate, could function as a booster shot in the arm of ethical financial interest, aligning global capital with sustainable and equitable societal goals. Will it happen? Not unless reasonable people get together and create their own lawmaker influencing echo chambers to counter theirs. A tall proposition. They've got a real big problem with this right 
wing echo chamber, there's like one website where that happens. They realize, do they not realize that the government is basically taking control of all the other ways that people communicate? Uh, but this is one of the problems is uh, Twitter is an echo chamber, and that's what's taken. That's why there's not going to be any ethical investments anymore. Anyway, the white pill part of this was it looks like perhaps uh, more actual reasonable people could be prevailing because at the end of the day, you have to make money off of these things. And if they're not making money, then they're not going to keep doing it. And one thing I would say, not just people deciding that they don't want to do ESG anymore, um, like, like utility costs have gone down a bunch uh, over the last year or so. And uh, I'm sure that that has less money uh, going towards things like wind and solar because you're required to have subsidies from the government to make those things affordable when compared with the other forms of, let's just say, electricity, for example. But when they get really cheap, they're no longer comparable, and uh, that makes them less desirable for people to use. And so I'll just throw them a little bone there. Maybe it's not people uh, just deciding they don't like ESG anymore. I wanted to know what AFRU was. That's the website, the, this amazing, not ridiculous and completely reasonable website we were just reading from. It's a black-led and black-owned startup that combines art and fashion with lifestyle commentary to create a strong social justice brand that's relevant to folks from all walks of life, as long as you're black. All right, let's get on to the next thing. Speaking of hate crimes, I guess this is good news. This is more of a... Um, this is more of like a cynical kind of good news because I'm not sure if, I'm not sure, you know, we talk about nonviolent offenders being in prison. Well, that's kind of a bad thing. But let's take off that principal hat for a minute and just relish and just, just enjoy the fact that Juicy Smouye, uh, he has had his, uh, the Illinois Appeals Court has upheld Juicy Smouye or Jesse Smollett. Um, his disorderly conduct conviction over his 2019 hoax uh, that he blamed on white Trump supporters. If anything, I think it was a net positive for everyone because we got, uh, I would I would say, one of the best Dave Chappelle jokes of all time from this whole thing. Uh, but they're basically ruling that he must serve his 150-day jail sentence uh, if he doesn't appeal it further up to the Illinois Supreme Court. So on Friday, an Illinois appeals court upheld disgraced actor, Juicy Smouye. He's a French actor, that's right. Thanks. See, I got the Fed Haters Club. They got to bring in context on this stuff. He's a, he's a French actor. Thanks, Costco. Uh, they upheld Juicy Smouye's conviction for staging a hate crime attack against himself. He was find, found guilty of wasting police time, among other things. According to the TMZ, the three-panel court ruled two to one in favor of upholding the conviction. Who was the person who said that you shouldn't uphold the conviction? Like, uh, Smouye was convicted in 2021 and spent just six days in the Cook County Jail before Michelle Obama called and got him out. I, I'm just making, I'm sure I'm making that part up. Okay, that's uh, completely, just a complete conspiracy theory, I'm sure. So that brings me to pointing out one of the greatest tweets of all time from Kamala Harris. Uh, when this thing happened back in 2019, Juicy is she tweeted, He's one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. 
No one should have to fear for their life just because of their sexuality or color of their skin. We must confront this hate. Well, as everyone has been saying, good news. Uh, Juicy Smouye's attacker is going to be going to jail. Once again. <clears throat> okay, here's another one. It's, I mean, not crazy, crazy white pill. I just wanted to talk about election fraud for a moment. Uh, there's a Democrat election win that's been declared void after voter fraud was discovered. I guess we have a new ruling on this thing. Uh, yeah, this just came out today from Newsweek. That's down in Louisiana. A judge has ruled an extremely tight election between Republicans and Democrats for Louisiana parish sheriff is void because of voter fraud, which is something that doesn't happen. A race to become the Cotto parish sheriff was closely fought between Democrat, I'm just going to say their last name so we don't forget, Democrat Whitehorn and Republican Nicholson. In November, a recount was ordered after Whitehorn won by just one vote in an election that saw over 43,000 ballots cast. The recount found three additional votes for each candidate, and Whitehorn was declared the winner because he was still ahead by one. Both Nicholson and Whitehorn, have, uh, oh, they didn't comment. Nicholson filed a lawsuit <clears throat> and uh, I guess now retired. I don't know. It says retired Louisiana Supreme Court Justice Joseph Bleich declared the result void on Tuesday. Nicholson's suit said the count was done too quickly and could not be accurate, while ballots cast by people twice through mail-in and in-person ballots were discovered, NBC affiliate reported. Bleich was assigned to the case after four judges recused themselves due to their friendships with Nicholson. Okay, so that's how this guy got brought back in. Makes more sense now. In all, the judge said that two people voted twice, Five mail-in ballots should not have been counted in a failure to comply <clears throat> for failure to comply with the law. And there were a further four invalid votes by inter, 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 inter I don't know what that's interdicted, interdicted, who knows, persons who were unqualified voters. So all in all, by the way, they found 11 votes that were illegal. Uh, the judge wrote, this runoff election involved a one-vote margin. It was proven beyond any doubt that there were at least 11 illegal votes cast and counted. Not bad numbers for a 43,000-person vote. It is legally impossible to know what the true vote should have been. A new runoff has now been called, causing Whitehorn, that's the Democrat, to comment. This is the guy who uh, originally had won. He said, the judiciary should not decide elections. His team has appealed the decision to the Second Circuit Court of Appeal and says it will take it to the state Supreme Court if necessary. Whitehorn continued, Of course, I'm disappointed about the court's decision to overturn the will of the people. I was always taught that the person with the most votes wins, even if that's by a thousand votes or by one vote. This guy's comments could be a dumb bleep of the week because they literally said there were 11 votes uh, that were illegal, and he's out there saying that, well, no, person with the most person with the uh, most votes should win, right? Who cares if they're legal or illegal? It's just whoever gets the most votes. Uh, Whitehorn continued saying the rules of the game are different depending on who the players are. He's a victim. Uh, he said, I won the sheriff's race not once but twice. My opponent conveniently chose to question the integrity of the election only after he lost, not once but twice. In elections, you should not be given a redo simply because you're unhappy with the results. They found illegal votes, and it was a one-vote win. 
What's this guy talking about? What the heck? Nicholson said the decision was a victory for election integrity and that he was looking forward to the runoff scheduled for March. Now, why, why did I want to bring this up today? Uh, well, I, listen, they looked into the votes. Apparently, they didn't have, even have to look into all of them, but they looked into the votes and they found 11 votes uh, that were illegal. Now, we got a guy named Donald Trump, who I ne have never voted for in my whole life, who has uh, been indicted. And of course, what's going on in Georgia, they say he was trying to steal the election. And one thing he asked the, the governor of Georgia was to find him some votes. I think it was like 11,000 or so. I'm not paying that much attention to those things uh, these days. But when you got a whole state, I, th I think it's, I think you can look into these things you know, and I don't think that means that you're trying to overturn the election. I think what you're saying is there's a little bit of fraud that happens in every single election, even in, in this one and this little parish, which is a weird name that they call like counties or something and uh, in Louisiana and, uh, you know, just 43,000 votes. And they, and they found 11 so far that were illegal. They decided they need to do another vote. I think the idea that you need to question election integrity, or at least go, if you want people to go through the votes when it's a close vote, I don't think that means that you're trying to overturn the election. I don't think it's wrong to ask someone to look through the votes. I think any candidate should be able to do that. I think that there's election fraud in every single election. I don't, to me, that doesn't mean that there was enough in Georgia or in Arizona or whatever, or Pennsylvania that, that would have changed the outcome of the election. But I think it's okay to scrutinize and go back through everything. And I don't think that means that you're a fascist dictator because you asked for that. I think that we should, um, we should rationally criticize people for real things that they've done and not just pick specific things and just go way overboard uh, like people have right now. I don't know if the guy, I don't know if, we might not even have Trump or Biden in this election. 2024 is going to be a crazy year for sure. Now let's get on to the cool stuff that we always do, talk about with the white pills that had nothing to do with politics whatsoever. Because one of the great things about our day and age and our even our capitalist day and age, it doesn't have to be because people were trying to seek a profit or whatever, but with the technology that we have, they keep finding new ways to do things. They find new ways to use old things or they're finding uh, great things that AI can do. And the, a lot of these are medical advancements in technology. And it's not just that these are throwaway stories. You're talking about making life better for human beings. That's a good thing. That's a good thing if I ever heard of it, making life better for people, you know? And plus, maybe it's going to extend our lives. So there's some of you young people that are listening right now. We don't even know what they're going to invent that's going to give you another uh, 20 good years that could have been miserable. I don't know. Groundbreaking wearable device takes ultrasound images of muscle injuries. Uh, during exercise in real time. Okay, that's cool. George Mason University bioengineer has developed a wearable ultrasound system that can detect immediately if that twinge or tweak in your back or shoulder that you got in physical rehab is a muscular or skeletal injury or not. It does so by using ultrasonic monitoring through a skin patch and could provide real-time information on muscle tissues during a workout. I need this really bad. If you uh, if this is your first day of listening, or I haven't told you, I'm, I was, I got a, I got a bad deal as far as a, a body goes. Like it's just not going very well uh, so far. I got 
you know, I've had a, a bone fractured in my back, uh, my tailbone uh, in four different pieces. I got herniated disc. Both of my shoulders are torn. Both of them, really? I tore one of them in physical therapy for the other shoulder. Okay, so this is pretty cool. I don't just need the patch, though. I need a full body suit. I need 24-7 monitoring, and I can pay a, a $10 a month service to just monitor me 24-7 and let me know if something is uh, torn or not. I really need that. Uh, millions of people suffer from musculoskeletal injuries every year, and the recovery process can often be long and difficult during the following slow rehabilitation Medical professionals routinely evaluate a patient's progress via a series of tasks and exercises. However, because of the dynamic nature of these exercises, obtaining a clear picture of real-time muscle function is extremely challenging. Then there's a period after rehab, which is sometimes even more difficult, uh, where the uh, recovered doesn't feel any discomfort or pain, but is still hesitant to trust the same movements that triggered their injury in the first place. Basically, this could help people rehab. And as a guy who goes to physical therapy twice a week, I'm super interested in this kind of stuff. Let's get on to another one that's also pretty cool. AI laser kills everyone. No, see, this that's not what this is. An AI laser that reads heartbeat could replace stethoscopes, which we've been using for like 1,027 years right now. And maybe because of AI, and we're going to be able to finally replace that stethoscope that basically... Doctors just wear when they go on TV to tell you to take vaccines. Scientists have developed a laser camera that can read a person's heartbeat at a distance and pinpoint signs that they might be suffering from cardiovascular illness. The system, which exploits AI and quantum technologies, could transform the way we monitor our health. That's cool. So they developed this laser camera that can read a person's heartbeat and pinpoint signs. The system, uh, see, this technology could be set up in booths and shopping malls where people could get a quick heartbeat reading that could then be added to their online medical records. I guess maybe your Apple Watch already does this. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Alternatively, laser heart monitors could be installed in a person's house as part of a system for monitoring different health parameters in a domestic setting. All right, getting a little bit invasive here. Not sure about that. Monitoring a person's heartbeat from a distance would be particularly valuable because irregularities, including murmurs or heartbeats that are too fast or slow, would provide warning that they're in danger of suffering a stroke or cardiac arrest. Wouldn't it be better if you knew about these things way beforehand and not just at your uh, yearly visit when he, he puts the, the thing on there and tells you to breathe and you feel all weird. And uh, if nothing's going on right then, I don't know. I guess you're screwed. So, hey, there's another cool thing. That's getting developed right now. Doesn't mean that they're about to use it at your local doctor's office, but I just think it's cool that they're thinking of stuff. How about lidocaine? That's something we've been using for a long time. Well, now they're finding, according to studies, that it makes cancer cells self-destruct. That's pretty cool. It's not cool for my dad who's allergic to lidocaine, uh, but for everyone else who's not allergic to it, that, that could be cool. Doctors may be able to improve outcomes for patients with head and throat cancers simply by injecting a common local anesthetic lidocaine near the site of the tumors, according to a new University of Pennsylvania study. Uh, cells, just let me, let me explain this to you. This is not me reading the article. I'm going to tell you about my medical knowledge. Cells on the surface of your taste buds express proteins called bitter taste receptors or T2Rs. When you eat something bitter, it activates these proteins, causing them to trigger nerves that send signals to your brain that give you the sensation of taste. 
Your mouth isn't the only place where you'll find those TTRs. The cells of your heart, lungs, brain, and other tissues also produce the proteins, as do a variety of cancer cells. They also produce those same proteins. Uh, Penn scientists have discovered that many head and neck cancers contain these T2Rs, and that activating the proteins with bitter compounds triggers cellular death. They also identified an association between increased T2R expression and better patient outcomes. Does it mean you can't taste anymore? I don't really know what they're going to do here. And is that worth it? That's the main question to me. In a new study, they reveal that lidocaine can activate T2R14. That's my, one of my favorite ones. A bitter taste receptor found in high levels in many cancer cells leading to cell death. Quote, speaking as a head and neck surgeon, we use lidocaine all the time. We know it's safe, except for my dad. We're comfortable using it, and it's readily available, which means it could be incorporated into other aspects of head and neck cancer care fairly seamlessly. I, you know, it's something that we've been hanging out with for a while, this lidocaine stuff, and all of a sudden, they're just like, oh yeah, this will, this could like slow down your cancer growth. That's cool. Sounds like it used to be cheap, now that they found that it could be used for this. I mean, it used to be cheap. And how about one more thing? How about one more here? For the first time ever, deep brain stimulation has been shown to help people regain cognitive abilities they lost following a traumatic brain injury. I was going to make a Fetterman joke, but that just wouldn't be appropriate, would it? Quote, these participants had experienced brain injury years to decades before, and it was thought that whatever recovery process was possible had already played out. So they were surprised, these uh, researchers, were surprised and pleased to see how much they improved. The uh, study leader said, a TBI, which is a traumatic brain injury, occurs when you hit or jolt your head so hard that your brain moves inside your skull. This can lead to a loss of consciousness and cause damage that affects brain function. While the symptoms of a mild TBI, like a concussion, are usually temporary, people with modest, moderate to severe TBIs can experience permanent problems uh, with all the things you would think. Three months after these devices were implanted, the five people who, were, who completed the trial performed between 15 and 55% better on a test of their mental processing speed. Might not be that big of a deal to some folks, but for someone, that could change their life. Like I'm being, being serious right now. It could give you some functions or some stability that you didn't have before. By the way, the trial's goal was just to have a 10% improvement and their range was between 15 and 55 percent so maybe it could it could help people with uh with cte you know that that could be a good thing uh, interviews with the participants and their families revealed improvements in mood motivation self-control stamina and more as people talking about uh, how great this is listen i know it's not the normal political complaining that we do every day but there are actual good things that are happening right now. And uh, maybe this won't affect you or maybe not even anyone that you know. But there's a lot of people out there and some of them are dealing with some really bad stuff. And I wanted to end with something that I just thought was hilarious and amazing all at the same time. All right, funny video to, uh, to end the White Pill Show. <clears throat> this 11-year-old Alabama kid is describing the moment that he shot up a home intruder. All right, so someone's breaking in. There's a kid. The kid shoots him. 
I'd be so proud of this for my kid right here. Let me tell you what. But this just sounds like the most Alabama thing I've ever heard. It was a full metal jacket bullet. Huh. I went straight to the bag of him and was like, wow. and he started crying like a little baby. A baby <laughs> that learned his lesson. One more. When I pulled the gun out on him, I guess he didn't think it was a real gun because he, he didn't worry about it. He just kept on walking. It was a full metal jacket time. bullet. Huh. I went straight to the bag of him and was like, wow. and he started crying like a little baby. <laughs> started crying like a little baby I love it great job parents <laughs> I mean that great job great job everyone okay 36 minute show finally I say we're going to do a quick show and it's actually a pretty quick show today I hope that hearing about some of these good things made you realize that maybe it's not all bad Okay, most of it's bad, but not all of it. And that's important. There are good things that happen every now and then. Go outside, touch some grass, as the kids say these days. Don't spend all your time on these right-wing echo chambers like 4chan and X, folks. I know that that's where you spend all of your time. Yeah, Costco, you're right. White Pill Wednesdays are always the shortest shows. It's the, uh, the least stuff to talk about normally. And um, it's also the least popular show of the week, but I think mentally it's important to do somewhat because it's white pills and somewhat because it happens on Wednesdays. Um, oh, Sylvester, hey, let's play that. You're right about that. Let me go find that in the, um, in the channel. Let's play. Do, 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 do. Where is that? There it is. Okay. Oh, it's going to open in the Instagram. Okay. See, this is why it's important to join the Fed Haters Club, folks. All right? Who else gets to tell me what to do? Okay, here we go. I guess I need to refresh this. Uh, so this, uh, the caption on here says, this kid is a real life Rocky. We're at the Philadelphia Museum and Statue where they had declared December 3rd official Rocky Day. Thanks, Philly. Let me refresh this since I don't have any controls here. awesome i mean he really uh he he really knew all of that i mean what kid that age do you know could just go out? i think he knew it better than stallone did which is also pretty cool so you know i don't know enough about him to costco says he's one of the few good celebrities i'm gonna take your word for it uh because I, I haven't followed i haven't followed too much of it at all um 
And I haven't watched anything that he was in in a really long time. So, um, hey, congrats to to that kid. I'm sure that was also awesome for him, uh, having Stallone actually post that on his page. And he did a great job. And great job to the parents having their kid watch a nice, inspirational movie like Rocky as well. So, yeah. Magoo, you never seen Rocky? What? What you talking about? Come on, man. All right, y'all. You got to watch that, though, Magoo. I mean, come on. Do it. He's saying you're not going to. All right, everyone back off. Don't tell him to do it. He's a libertarian, okay? The more we all push, the less likely it is that he's actually going to do it. You shouldn't watch Rocky, actually, Magoo. Don't do it, okay? It's a terrible idea for you to do this. It's actually bad for your health if you watch Rocky, Magoo. See, guys, you got to know how to talk to libertarians. Okay, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure you join us every single day of the week. And by us, I mean me for the next a few more shows. I don't even know when Charlie's coming back at sometime next week, I think. Uh, so join us every single day of the week. Make sure you share the show. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Go to GodHatesFeds.com. And if you're, if, you're, um, if you're not liking that title so much, well, just go to GoodMorningLiberty.us and go to the merch store, okay? Um, if you don't want to type in anything offensive or that you might find blasphemous or sacrilegious, okay? It's a joke, okay? It's a joke, and he knows your heart, all right? You can type that in, and it's just fine. You'll find all kinds of great merch on there, uh, a lot of T-shirts that I've put a lot of painful hours in designing, <clears throat> like four, probably four hours altogether I put into uh, designing the shirts that are on there. And if you're a member of the Fed Haters Club, you'd be able to get some of those Fed Haters Club shirts and mugs and stuff that are on there. You can get them if you want to, but it's a hundred bucks intentionally too so expensive that you're not going to pay for it. But you get it at cost if you go to joingmail.com and join up for as little as seven bucks a month. All right, everyone. Thank you for hanging out. I'll be right back with some great stuff tomorrow. It's going to be in the morning, going to be at like 9 a.m. tomorrow, and then we're going to do Don't Believe on Friday. It's going to be amazing. Until then, you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>